reading this evening comes from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. And it can be found on page 1051 in the Pew Bibles. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to the God except this foreigner? Then he said to them, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Alice. And so we're going to pray for Liz now as she shares God's word. Hold on, this is the wrong way. doesn't feel right <laughs> that's a good sign this is the anthem deck it has to be this way let's pray for Liz that's a father God we give thanks for Liz we give thanks for her gift ins and we give thanks for the reading that we've just heard and we pray now that you would inspire her and us with your spirit and speak to us this evening we pray amen amen thank you I was going to say, um, nobody prepares you for this when you become a parent, but I actually think what I'm going to say is nobody prepares you for this if you work with small people at all. And that is the number of times you will have to say to them, say ta, starts as ta, doesn't it? You go to give them something and you don't let it out your hand until they go ta. And then you say, say thank you. You spend your life going, say thank you. I'm embarrassed. No, am I embarrassed? No, maybe just honest to tell you that even yesterday I did something for one of my sons and I went, a thank you would be nice. <laughs> and, um, and I guess there's, a, there's a, almost a danger when you read uh, the passage that we've read tonight and about Jesus' encounter with these ten lepers, that we're kind of like, Jesus is the dad and we're the kids and he's going, say ta. And it's easy kind of maybe for us almost to oversimplify it as this kind of, well, all we've got to do is remember to say thank you. And um, I actually think there is probably a whole lot, this, this, this story, and I'm using the word story, but, you know, this really happened. It's just that I don't have a better word than story. Um, but we, we see this encounter, and I think there's so much more um, going on than just simply us having to remember to say thank you. And I think, I think first off, this is a story um, about obedience more than anything else. Um, Jesus meets these 10 lepers. Now, uh, leprosy is a, is a disease and it kind of causes sores and, and stuff all over your body. Um, it wasn't entirely uh, on, uncommon in, in Jesus' day, but if you had leprosy, you were unclean. You were ostracized from society. You couldn't go near other people for fear of infecting them. And um, yeah, basically, your life was over 
if you had leprosy. And so Jesus is uh, going about being Jesus and, and these lepers see him and they call out to him from a distance. And they say, Master, have pity on us. Now, I don't really know what they mean by that. Like, they didn't actually say, Master, will you heal us? They don't ask him for food or for money. And all this is good because Jesus doesn't, in this, at this point, do any of those things for them. Jesus does something far more terrifying. And Jesus sends them to the priests. Now, this is something I lament the loss of. But in them days, the priests had all the power. <laughs> it's a sad thing that we've lost. But they... <laughs> I don't mean that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so he sends them priests because if you had leprosy, then it was the priests that had said you were unclean and they had cast you out. But equally, it is only the priest who could give you what was called a certificate of release. It was only the priest that could say, congratulations, you are no longer unclean. I was thinking, that's the only word for it, isn't it? You are now clean again. And then they would let you off. Uh, to, I don't know, to go back to how things were. Um, so Jesus sends these, uh, these guys to the priests. He tests their faith. You know, Jesus, had he want, so, so wanted, could have healed them there and then in an instant. But these guys had enough faith to call out to Jesus. But Jesus... Jesus tests their obedience. Did they have enough faith to put it into action? And I think it reminds us that actually faith is an active thing. Sometimes when we call out to Jesus and we say, Jesus, uh, will you do this? Bump, he, he just does it for us. And sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes He says, well, you make the first move then. (laughs) You know, I remember years ago when I was living uh, in Portsmouth and I was moving back to to Bristol. I didn't actually know I was moving back to Bristol. I won't bore you uh, with the whole story. But essentially, Jesus said to me on Thursday, you need to move back to Bristol. And on Saturday, I packed up all my worldly possessions in my little car. And it was a Nissan Micra, so it was little in them days. Um, (laughs) And I scootled off back towards home, not knowing what on earth was going to happen. But God said, you go and I will sort everything else out. So I go back and then God says, I want you to go and see this person. And again, long story short, I turn up at this person's door and I knock on the door and I say, you are going to think that I am nuts. I said, but I really think that God has asked me to come and knock on your door. And this guy smiles and he says, this is wonderful news. He says, because we've been waiting for you. (laughs) And I went in to meet a room full of people who were praying for my arrival. They didn't know it was me, but you know. Sometimes God says, you move first and I'll do everything else. But you have to have the faith to move first. 
I've used this analogy before, but I think it's a really, a really powerful one. If you imagine an empty swimming pool with a diving board on it, and you're stood on the diving board, and Jesus says, you jump, and then I'll fill the pool, not the other way around. So why does Jesus do it? Like, is Jesus just kind of messing with them? Like, he knew he was going to heal them. Is he like, oh, let's see what I can get them to do before I do it? I don't think so. I think Jesus knows that faith builds faith. When we are obedient to him and we're prepared to put our faith in action, then it builds our faith even more. Because the more we trust in God, the more we see him do. The more we trust in God, the bigger the stuff that we'll, we'll trust him with. And I think it's really important um, that when we do that, God always has something amazing in store. You know that the lepers don't actually ask Jesus for anything. They just ask him to have pity. And yet Jesus asks so much of the lepers in sending them to the priests. But in their obedience to Jesus, as they go to the priests along the way, they are healed. They don't ask much of Jesus, but when they step out in faith, Jesus does more for them than I think they probably would have ever imagined. This is a story about obedience, and it reminds us that when we are obedient to God, it builds our faith, and we see him do wonderful things. But of course... It is also a story of gratitude. It can't not be. But of course, sometimes I think we do kind of, we do sort of, how's the word I'm looking for? We kind of approach it in a little bit of a, of a childish way. Kind of, we fall into maybe this trap of thinking there were 10 lepers and there was one good, grateful leper and there were nine very naughty, ungrateful lepers. <laughs> Shame on them. (laughs) But I'm not sure it is quite as simple as that. You know, we don't know what happened to the other nine lepers. We don't know that they were ungrateful. We don't know if they were thankful to Jesus. We don't know that they even attributed their healing to Jesus. You know, sometimes I've seen it happen uh, where Jesus heals someone but they don't think it was Jesus who did it. That actually, um, you can explain it away by coincidence or anything, you know, some other way. And sometimes that's an easier thing to do because actually, if you acknowledge that God just healed you, then it it really demands a response, doesn't it? Like if God heals you and you know it's God and you acknowledge it's God, it's pretty hard not to change your life on that basis. So sometimes it's just easier if you don't acknowledge that it's God and then you don't have to do anything. But I'm not sure that that's what happened there necessarily. Again, we don't know. I imagine, I imagine that those other nine lepers were really, really grateful. But I also imagine that those other nine lepers, for those other nine lepers, life kind of got in the way Like, I imagine that they're really grateful and they're so excited that they are running around at this point showing their family and their friends their new soft skin. 
I imagine that, you know, as human beings, um, we quite often, I've said this before, but we quite often um, err on the negative. We're really good at finding problems, aren't we? I wonder if these other nine lepers were kind of really grateful to God, but by the time they, you know, they'd showed a few people their nice shiny skin, and then they'd seen the next problem. Because these guys were men, and now they didn't have, well, not that leprosy is an excuse, but now they didn't have leprosy. It meant that now they needed to find somewhere to stay. Now they needed a job because they had to reintegrate into society. They were men, so they probably now had families that they had to take care of. That was their responsibility. Maybe they were really thankful, but life got in the way, and they didn't have time to go back to Jesus. I feel like when you read the, the one leper that goes back to Jesus, and, I, and like Jesus says, doesn't he, where are the other nine? Like you can almost hear the disappointment in Jesus' voice when he says, but where are the others? And I wonder, how many times have we been the people like the lepers who have disappointed Jesus because we didn't go back to say thank you? Not because we weren't grateful, but because life got in the way. You know, like when you have a problem and you share it with someone else and you say, we should pray about this. And you're good Christian people, so you pray about it. Then you pray about it and then you get on with life. And it's not until sometime later when the other person comes back to you and they say, what happened about that thing? And you think about it and you go, oh, it's gone. God sorted it. And you didn't not say thank you to Jesus, but because you were, life got in the way and you were already on to the next problem, you didn't notice that Jesus sorted it because it wasn't a problem anymore. Gratitude and thankfulness is something that often we're not very good at because other things get in the way. And we're often sort of predisposed to, to looking at life's problems rather than life's blessings. But I think it's really important, and I think it's really important for us as Christians. And this is a little bit corny, but I haven't got a better one. So if you want to give me a better one afterwards, then please feel free. But we need to live lives that has an attitude of gratitude. And I think we have to really focus on that. Because I think when you live with an attitude of gratitude, when you look for the things to be thankful for, actually it changes us. It changes our whole perspective on life. When we focus on gratitude, we are happier people. We are certainly more joy-filled people. We are nicer people to be around when when we focus on gratitude. Having an attitude of gratitude makes us more compassionate. You know, the more that we focus on the blessings that God gives us, the more that we focus on what we do have and giving thanks for what we do have, the more it makes us aware of the lack that others have. The more compassionate we become because of it. And ultimately, I think... The more gratitude that we have, the more we are drawn into a deeper relationship with Jesus. 
Because when we're focusing on the good things, when we are focusing on the things that God has done for us and the blessings that he pours out on us every day, when we respond in gratitude, how can we not be brought into a closer relationship with him? There was a thing um, on Facebook years ago now, and uh, it was called 100 Happy Days, I think. Yeah? So um, I got sucked into 100 Happy Days, although it was at a time when I, when I was really struggling and, and life was a bit rubbish, to be honest, and I needed to reset my perspective. And so I thought I would take this 100 Happy Days and I would tune it into 100 Thankful Days. Now, the idea is this, and I genuinely, genuinely implore all of you to do this. You don't have to do it on social media, but the principle is this. Every single day, the idea being was that you posted a photograph of something that you were thankful for, okay? And you had to do this every day, and you couldn't cheat. Every third day, you couldn't reuse one that you've done before. You had to think of something every day. And it could be things like from people that you love. It could be things like the fact that it makes you more aware of when you get up in the morning. Most of us have a shower or you turn the tap on to brush your teeth. These are blessings that we have that other people do not have. And I have to tell you, by the time I got to day 100, and also 100 days is a long time, just so you know. (laughs) But by the time I got to 100, boy, had my perspective shifted. Boy, had I become a little bit, a little bit less self-centered. Boy, had I become a little bit more aware of what God does for me every single day. This is a story about obedience. It's a story about gratitude. But also, it's a story about wellness. Now, um, uh, the, the last verse in, in this, I can't, we're going there. The last verse in this says, Jesus says to the leper, he goes back to Jesus and he says to him, he says, rise, your faith has made you well. I'm just going to leave that there for a little bit just before I run away. But this is one of those verses um, that we have used to build people up or knock them down for centuries. You know, you pray to God to be healed and you are, and God heals you and we pat you on the back and we say, oh, you're a good and faithful servant. You have enough faith because your faith has healed you. Look what God did with your faith. And you pray for somebody over here and they're not healed. And we put our heads on the side and we say... You just need to have a little bit more faith. You just, if if only you had more faith, you too could be healed. And I hate it. It's a horrible thing. Mostly because I think we're getting it wrong when we say that. So if you will indulge me just a little bit. The word that is translated as well in here is a Greek word. It's, it's a Greek word called sesorking. Please don't take me to task on my Greek pronunciation. Um, but it can also be translated, can be translated as well, 
But it can also be translated as saved, or it can be translated as whole. So if we go back to those words and imagine we didn't use the word well, and we said, your faith has saved you, or your faith has made you whole, it brings a whole new perspective on it, doesn't it? I think the problem is, is often when we translate it as the word well, we're a little bit narrow-minded in the use of the language and we only think about well in the context of physical healing, especially because of the, the context of the lepers were healed. But in the story, or Jesus' encounter with the ten lepers, ten lepers are healed, but only one is made well. And I think this is because, in reality, our faith makes us well or whole with God, whether or not we are physically healed. Being well with God goes beyond physical healing. The leper is made well with Jesus because he is healed and he recognizes who Jesus is. He recognizes who Jesus is and what he has done. And then he goes back in a response to Jesus with a heart full of gratitude and is made well. Because he is changed by Jesus from the inside out. It is more than he no longer has leprosy. Yeah? Ten lepers were made well. But only one. No, I lied. So close. Ten lepers were healed. And only one was made well. Now you and I might not have leprosy. You and I might not be uh, social outcasts, but every single one of us is a sinner. And that makes every single one of us an outcast when it comes to the kingdom of God. And yet, through the death and the resurrection of Jesus, every single one of us when we respond, when we recognize who Jesus is, when we respond to him in obedience and gratitude, are made well because we are healed from our sin. Our faith makes us well. Our faith saves us. Our faith makes us whole and gives us a wholeness and a wellness that this life, that this earthly life cannot offer. Is the story of the ten lepers about healing? I don't think it is really. Healing happens, but I don't think it is. Is it about obedience? Yes, I think it is. And I think it's about having hearts of gratitude. But mostly, I think it reminds us of the wellness and the wholeness that Jesus offers each and every one of us. And don't get me wrong, please don't get me wrong, I, I believe in a God who physically heals people. 
I absolutely do. On another day, I will bore you with stories of that, I promise. But I also fully understand the pain of longing for a physical healing that doesn't come. But when we look at what Jesus says here today, he says, your faith has made you well. And the reason I think often we struggle when we don't see physical healing is because we equate being well with physical healing. And yet this is not what Jesus says. Jesus says, your faith has saved you. It has made you whole. And it means that whatever struggles and difficulties we face in this life, when we are obedient to Jesus, when we recognize who he is and we respond to him with thankful and grateful hearts, then whatever we face, we know that we are okay because it is our faith that has saved us. It is our faith that makes us whole. And it is our faith that makes us well. Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the blessings that you pour out on us every single day. Father, we thank you that that the blessings that you pour out on us are more than we could ever count. Perhaps we could just take a moment as you sit there and maybe just bring some of those things to God. Maybe uh, run today even, run today through, through your head. last couple of hours just run it through your head and bring all those things that you've got to be thankful to God for to him God we thank you for the gift of Jesus even though we were far off and we were outcasts of the kingdom, even though we are marred by sin, thank you that you loved us enough to send Jesus. Thank you that we are made well because of his sacrifice. And Lord, we want to say sorry. We want to say sorry for the times when our hearts have not been thankful. we have not been uh, as aware of what you have done for us, the times when we have disappointed you. We thank you for your love and your grace. That means that because of you, there is always a second chance. Lord, help us to be those that live with attitudes of gratitude. May it make us more compassionate to those who are around us. May it make us more aware of your presence with us each and every moment of every day.
long to be your, your disciples. Help us to put our faith in action. Lord God, would you make us attentive to your voice and to your call? By the power of your Holy Spirit, would you equip us? Would you give us the courage and the boldness to step out and do the things that you are calling us to do? And Lord, we thank you that you are faithful to us. We thank you that when we step out, you will never leave us alone. Thank you that when we step out, you are always with us and that you will always do amazing things beyond all we could imagine. that we do not always feel well. And perhaps now just, if there are things that you are struggling with, it doesn't have to be a physical illness, but if there's things that you are struggling with, if there are things that are causing you not to feel well, then I really do encourage you just to bring them before God now. Spirit, would you move in this place? Lord, would you pour out your love and your grace into all the situations that have been lifted to you? Lord God, would you just draw close to each one, each one of us? Once again, we might know what it truly means to be made whole by you. To find our entire meaning and well-being in you. continue to be changed and molded so that we might truly be the people that you are calling us to be. Jesus, we ask this in your precious name.